Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Big talk, big opinions, the panel. Stuff reporter David Long is uh, with us uh, this morning, along with uh, Brendan Bradford from uh, Code Sports. And uh, my understanding is that, that David Long is at Warriors practice uh, as we speak, uh, just having a look at uh, things uh, panning out there. Uh, David, which brings me to uh, an interesting point. Uh, you won't be watching Taniella Otokolo at training because he's walked out on the club. Can you please explain what had happened there? <laughs> yeah, hi there. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, no, Taniel is not here. Um, yeah, so it's a bit of a, an odd one. Is he, um, he, he's always sort of talked about as, um, you know, a future guys inspired the Warriors and he was sort of owned the, the number nine jersey at the club for a few years. Um, but I, what I heard, he was got a bit um, disappointed last year when the, they brought in Freddie Lussick from the Roosters. Um, to be the sort of backup number two for Wade Egan and he sort of dropped down to number three in a pecking order um, and then I think he felt the situation was going to be the same this year and so he went to the club recently and said uh, I want a release and uh, they were a bit surprised but he, he, he wants to go they, he told the club that he didn't want to play footy anymore um, but I understand he's, going to, he's, he's moving back to Brisbane to play in the Queensland Cup um, he's I heard he's got a, a partner over there um, that he met during the time when the Warriors are based at Redcliffe. So um, I think that might have something to do with the reason as well. But yeah, it's surprising that um, he decided that he no longer wants to be a part of the Warriors. Well, please tell us uh, that's the only pre-season casualty. There's no other rumours uh, uh, floating around, is there? Uh, not about anybody else leaving, no. no. Um, I think the squad's out... Um, so in terms of anybody leaving, but they're still, they have got four spots uh, uh, on the roster now available um, for, 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 for this year, sorry. I have heard, actually, that um, three of the younger guys who are in the New South Wales Cup team, which is the reserve grade, have been told um, you can train with us um, with the NRL, NRL team for the next few weeks and see how it goes. So they could be looking to promote within... Uh, um, I understand that's what they want to do. They don't want to be... They, you know, for the past two years, reasons they've um, had to get Australian players in because they've had no reserve grade or no, no junior team because of COVID um, and now they, now that they're back they want to sort of be a club that promotes from within again now so um, a few guys now they, they've, they've now said this is trial and trial see how you get on um, but they are also looking for another prop they, they desperately need another, another big middle forward before the, before the season starts Okay, right. Uh, Brendan Cole is uh, Brendan Cole. Brendan Bradford from Code Sports. It was a misread. Sorry, uh, Brendan. Um, I've got to uh, bring you in on rugby if I can, uh, because uh, uh, Stephen Moore. Now, often when you hear a, a former Wallabies hookers um, talking uh, or moaning about things, it's usually Phil Kearns. But here we have uh, <laughs> Stephen Moore coming out and saying uh, there's a lack of vision in rugby's leaders. Um, what is he meaning by that? Yeah, he's, he's actually, like you say, usually when you hear former Wallabies from Wallabies captains come out and speak in the media, it's pretty 
hot air and bluster, especially over the past sort of 10 or 15 years. But Stephen Moore, uh, I spoke to him last week. He just he made some really uh, decent points and really level-headed points about there's so many underlying issues with Rugby Australia, with the Wallabies, with the game more generally um, over here in Australia. And, you know, they look, they, to be honest, they haven't uh, set the world on fire at all over the past decade or so. And um, I think his point was, you know, they've, they, they sacked Dave Rennie, um, they've hired Eddie Jones, and there's a bit of positivity around it. But it just seems like more of the same. They're, they're dealing with this top-end stuff, but not really addressing the, the underlying issues that are causing, uh, that have caused such a, a steep drop-off for Rugby Australia and for the Wallabies over the past sort of 20 years. And that goes right down to the, the grassroots, to, to Super Rugby expansion. Um, almost He's almost getting into sort of jobs for the boys' territory as well. So um, it's, a, it's a really... You know, well thought out and, and reasoned um, critique. It's not all, yeah, hot air and, and bluster like you see on on you know from some guys. But uh, yeah, and it's it's, it's certainly created a, a few talking points for the game over in Australia. Brendan, one of the other talking points around the world of rugby, of course, is the the tackle height now um, at, at various levels of rugby. But it seems uh, from Rugby Australia they don't have uh, any plans at all in this direction. No, nothing at all. I think they've got, uh, yeah, like I guess going back to what Steve said, they've got a few few issues they need to uh, clean up in house rather than than focusing on that. I saw, yeah, the the English and and some of the Irish rugby unions over the last couple of days trying to address the tackle height issue. And I look, that that honestly, that one seems like it's just going to continue being being an issue, being a talking point um, for as long as the game's played. I mean. Um, you can, I could sort of see both sides of it. You get you, you want to make the game as safe as possible and make it, um, you know, you you want kids to be able to play it and want parents to be able to put their kids into the sport knowing that they're going to be safe. But you know, on the other side of it, occasionally you know accidents do happen, and that's 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 the thing with contact sports. So there's there's probably a middle ground there where where you've got to you know find the way forward. But um, yeah, certainly when it comes to Australian rugby. Um, they got they've got a lot of issues on their plate, and um, no, this one hasn't come up yet over here. Okay, right, uh, David Long uh, with us, and uh, Brendan Bradford uh, from uh, Code Sports. Uh, they'll uh, continue to be with us. We'll take a short break uh, for an update with Araha, and when we come back, uh, some more rugby league to talk about, a bit of cricket, a bit of uh, netball as well. The panel. So Brendan Bradford is with us from Code Sport. Uh, Brendan is a Kiwi and, of course, uh, at this stage living and working in Australia. David Long, of course, uh, well-known stuff uh, journalist, is with us as well. And, uh, fellas, I'd like to continue um, on the rugby league theme, if I could. Uh, David, uh, there's uh, been some fairly high-powered squads named for these uh, matches that are supposedly taking part uh, and Rotorua uh, on Saturday the 11th of February. You look at uh, Amari Superstars outfit, which includes Joseph Manu, James Fisher-Harris, Joseph Tapani, Jared Wairia-Hargraves up against the Indigenous All-Stars, including Latrell Mitchell, Josh Adokar, Nico Hines, uh, Selwyn Cobbo. Now, those are uh, names that will attract um, anyone um, in, in terms of the men's match. Of course, there's the, the women's game as well, uh, featuring um, Maori stars, including Kennedy Cherrington and Zahara Tamara. Uh, Olivia Kiernick uh, and uh, the indigenous uh, indigenous side has Shaley Bent, Caitlin Johnson and Jamie Chapman. Now these are all high profile players of course David 
But uh, I think the big question mark is with what's going on at the NRL, uh, will these matches happen? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, I did a bit of digging around in this actually yesterday, and at the moment the games are going on. Um, the uh, Rugby League Players Association in Australia they're sort of leaving it for the players to decide, you know, what sort of action they want to take, and I guess there'll be some discussions among some leading players um, over the next um, week about whether they want to take part in or not. I think one of the things, one of the factors is that. Um, um, which is different to other sort of um, protests that the players have got going at the moment over not doing media or not doing anything to do at all with the, the NRL media, media side of it is um, that this, this, these games mean an awful lot to the players, the chance to, to represent you know, your, the, the Maori culture or their indigenous culture um, goes beyond just playing any other pre-season game or any other game for money. So that might be a factor in why they might, might want to play. Um, and that that might that's made me think perhaps it will go ahead. Um, I think the other issue is with the with the women's players over the, they still don't have a, a collective bargaining agreement um, for them, and so that um, while the NRL say that they are they have some insurance for the game, um, uh, there's no private insurance um, for them. And unlike um, in the men's NRL, where players have you know signed contracts for two or three years. 99% of the players in their NLW is just one year-by-year year contract. So, but most of them, it, they, you know, they, they don't have a contract by the end of the year. If they did pick it up an injury, it's the RLPA are still unsure about what they'll be covered for and whether they recover work. Uh, sorry, their, their contracts if they were to get one next year or or whatever. Really, so it's it's a bit of a mess. Um, and we'll, I guess, know over the next week what what's going to happen. It's an interesting one for me, this, uh, Brendan, because this is a very high-profile um, event coming off on February the 11th because of uh, the Indigenous side of it as well. But if the players involved, and let's uh, not forget that the NRL um, have jurisdiction over this game, if the players wanted to make a statement and not turn up, that would illustrate just how serious they are about these uh, these claims they're trying to make. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting one. With like, I think if it was... Um, like just a trial match or just a preseason game without the, if it wasn't, a, you know, an Indigenous versus Māori All-Stars game, I think a lot of these players might take that option. But um, I've spoken to so many, particularly of the, particularly the, uh, the women's players who um, hold this game in such high regard. Um, I did an interview with Batil Vedi Welch last year, who um, she's not playing this year. She suffered an ACL injury midway through last season, but, uh, she was born and raised in far uh, Northland in New Zealand, moved to Australia when she was about 12 or 13. So she plays for, a, she represents sort of test ma- uh, on test match level, she plays for Australia. But uh, when she when she plays in this match, she's really representing her culture, her family, her identity. Um, and as she was, you know, she was just sort of explaining in a way that it, it means so much more. On, it's, it's just on a different level. Um so at the end of the day, it's it's a really tough decision some of these players are making, um, you know, whether to risk injury, training and playing, um, but also really wanting to represent their culture. Um, it's a it's a really tough one. I don't think, I mean, I know Tamika Upton has, has pulled out just over fears of, of injury. Racine McGregor suffered an MCL injury a couple of days ago. So um, it's a really interesting one, but I, I think, yeah, I think more players will play. Uh, but I think if it was, uh, yeah, if it was 
a different kind of all-stars setup, or if it was just a pre-season match, you'll probably see a few more withdrawals than you would. Okay, interesting. Um, well, I, I, I'm just going to play the waiting game on this one uh, because uh, at some point um, both sides are going to play some very hard ball leading into the NRL, and I, I just wonder whether they might use this game as a bit of a vehicle for that. Uh, it's a bit of a standoff at the moment. Uh, netball, uh, David Long. Uh, overnight, uh, New Zealand uh, blew out against Australia again. They had a poor third quarter by the sounds of things. Uh, lost 56-50. Uh, a lot of um, encouraging thoughts uh, coming from some of the players about uh, how they're developing along. But is it, is it just me or is there a pattern of having very poor quarters in this team? Sorry, it has been during this this quad series as well. You mentioned the third quarter today, and you think back to the earlier game against Australia when they're up by eight um, in the second quarter, and it's not often you see the Silver Ferns up by eight against Australia early in the game, but then they blew that one as well. Um, I think you've got to sort of, I guess, in some ways take take uh, this tournament on for what it is and how Nolan Terrell is treating it, which is as a warm-up for the World Cup, because... If you win the World Cup, then this is forgotten about. And you can see with, um, particularly in the earlier game against Australia, where she changed five of the team at half-time, um, you know, that's, that's her mentality. However, you know, to, to lose again to Australia like this, it, it's slightly concerning. And I guess it does sort of point to the fact that they probably are the second-best team in the world. Um, but you've just got to, I guess, see how things develop over the next the next few months. I, I certainly, you'd have to say, um, the way Australia plan at the moment, there's, there's definitely distance between the two teams. All right. Um, Brendan, uh, just looking at some cricket now, um, Australia's in pretty good shape, I feel, anyway, having just uh, worked over there for a, a few weeks. Uh, I think they're in, in pretty good nick heading towards uh, India for the border Gavaska trophy which is very very high profile of course it means a lot to both countries um, but not uh, I think uh, you wouldn't be saying too much about uh, our backup bowling unit anyway um, they just unable it seems to uh, contain a very strong Indian side do you read anything into that are you, are you worried at all from that side of the Tasman looking back towards the black caps ordinarily I'd be very worried but um, just you know, if you take a sort of a big picture I, I get taking a couple of these untested guys over to India, getting some experience in the conditions leading into the World Cup. Um, well, you know, while, while Southie, Bolton and, and guys like that either you know, apply their trade in, in T20s or, or arrested for the, the series uh, before the World Cup. Um, I, I'd actually look at the batting a little bit. <laughs> um, you yeah. got some high-powered, uh, you know, big-name established stars in that batting lineup, and so far, apart from that, that sort of first uh, the first match, a um, little bit underperforming. But yeah, I I, I don't think um, you know, like you mentioned, it's a massive year for for Australian cricket with uh, a couple of big, huge actually um, test tours. But uh, for New Zealand, I think <clears throat> this this tour of India is is more of a uh, you know feeling out process, getting guys used to the conditions, getting guys in the setup. Uh, you know, looking ahead long, long term towards uh, towards the World Cup and and, and other tours like that. Uh, David, you are you at all concerned? Uh, I mean, uh, my, from my point of view, I find it a little bit unusual that uh, when you're going to go to a country and play in a, a World Cup, uh, you don't take key players, you, you rest them for a series at home, and and your head coach himself uh, doesn't go either. Um, I know they've all had uh, quite a lot of experience in Indian conditions, etc. But I just wonder, in terms of 
a side that's not performing that well all of a sudden and needs some grunt, um, whether that's a bit of a risk, not taking your big boys. Yeah, I having trouble there with uh, David's line I'm, I'm not quite sure whether um, he's at the bottom of uh, a ruck situation at Warriors training or it sounds a wee bit like it, he was uh, struggling a wee bit there but uh, we've uh, pretty much uh, come to the end of a 